You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Building the future on the field and in Jack London Square. It's now time to go inside the bill for an in-depth look at what it takes to build the most unique and creative ballpark in sports history. This is The Build. Well, it is 5 o'clock, and he has shown up. The president of your Oakland Athletics, Dave Cavill, here on A's Cast Live. And first, let me say, Sunday was spectacular. It really was. I mean, honoring, and I thought it was such a unique class that we had when you talk about guys that won three straight World Series. I mean, what Ray Fossey meant to all of us not only as a player, as a broadcaster, as a mentor. For you, sure. You grew up with him in Cleveland. Yep, Cleveland Connection. Right? Absolutely. And then you think about Joe Rudy, and you think about Sal Bando, the captain. Eric Chavez was a great player, one of the premier defensive players of his time. And then while so unique as we're – you know, guys were such a part of the fabric of our family, right? When you got Vuz for 54 years. Absolutely. Keith Lippman for 52. Yep. It was such a dynamic class. Well, and also that we celebrate not just folks who, you know, make their mark on the field, but also the support staff, you know, like Keith Lippman, like Vuz. Those people are just as important in making everything work for the A's. And so I think that was a really special moment, and I think we're one of the few organizations and Hall of Fames that does that. And what is it like for you and your staff when everybody shows that appreciation for making that happen? Because we never had it. We have to start it at some time. We did. You start it and what it means to, I mean, to men who haven't played in so long. I mean, it was the 70s, but what it means to them and their family and the grandkids and everything is so special. Well, you know, baseball is something that's passed on generation to generation. And so I think being able to tell your kids or even like, meet your your hero like your father's hero whether it's joe rudy or you know one of these former players i mean it's kind of amazing you know vita blue you know we had all the ex-players here who were in already like ricky and reggie it it was just a great great feeling and and a really special day for the organization yeah to see ray fossey's grandkids and know that they'll remember this for their less oh and they had a great time i love spending time with them and the family and i mean it was it was bittersweet because he wasn't here, but I know he was looking down. There is no he question was. about it. He was. So, the ballpark continues yes, to the, be the focus. A ballpark. The, the saga goes on. It marches on. The port, really good now, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, absolutely. You, you got what you wanted there. Another hurdle that you cleared. How big was that for you? Well, that was one of the hardest votes in this whole process because BCDC requires a two-thirds supermajority. And a lot of times you only can get a majority in these entities. So that was a big deal. You know, we only had two dissenting votes. um, And it was just really, really positive about building momentum this summer and hopefully getting us to a point later this year where we can get a final binding vote out of the city council. Yeah, that's the thing that we're all waiting for, right? We want the binding vote. Right. So you hear a lot of different things, and that's the problem. There's a lot of people who don't put their name on stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown out there. Of course. Well, that's the modern media world that we live in. Correct. But you don't. You always put your name on it, (laughs) which is interesting. I'm right here. Your name's on it. Everybody (laughs) else is like, well, so-and-so, but they won't say who that. All right, so when we talk about binding vote, how do you get the city council to have a binding vote? I think the key thing, and it's just it's everything, is the city needs to demonstrate that they have the money for the off-site infrastructure. They have not been able to show us, the league, 
you know, even, you know, their own constituents, that they have identified the sources of capital. And they are about at least $200 million short right now. And so it's very hard to take a vote until we know that they have the funding lined up. And so we're working as hard as we can to support the city on federal grants, going to Washington, D.C., bringing our union partners involved, talking to the Department of Transportation, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, all these people to ensure that we put our best foot forward because we have hundreds of millions of dollars of grants that the city has applied for, but we need to know as soon as possible if this money is going to be allocated for our project. Buttigieg, you're going to the top. Why not? Why not? And, you know, the mayor's done an incredible job. Libby, you know, she's obviously talked to the vice president who has roots in Oakland. And so I think we're, we're pulling out all the stops, uh, but by the same token, you know, we really are running out of time because Libby's going to leave office at the end of the yes. year. She's termed out. And so I think between now and the election in November is the critical moment that we need to figure out how the offsite money comes to fruition because many of the other issues are actually kind of solved. This is really the big bogey to figure out. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing in the postgame show when people call and they want to start right. talk about the political. Um, that's not really my lane. I kind of try and stay in my lane. That's you good. Know? That's good. A lot of people don't stay in their lane. Right. So it's kind of like, hey, you want to talk war? I'm, I'm your huckleberry. Yeah, but yeah, you want to yeah. talk about the Oakland politics, I'm yeah. not your guy. But is that maybe a worry that we are an election year? I think it complicates things. I mean, you have several members of the city council running for mayor. And so we're just getting caught up in a little bit of that process. But we don't have a choice. This is where we are. We've spent five years. We've spent over $200 million on this project. We need a binding vote. And, you know, the path to get there is for the city to identify the, the money sources. And I think if they do that, I think we can pull it off. But that's the big question and, and one that we need an answer to. And one thing that our fans need to know, that baseball wants, it's the NFL model. They want to go to 32 teams. Yes. And the only way you can expand to those those two new cities, and we hope our own Dave Stewart gets Nashville. Yeah, for And sure. then whatever the other city is. But they can't do that until the A's and the Tampa Bay Rays. Get figured out. It's just this big unknown, and it's been going on probably too long. I think the league feels that like it's go time uh, for both franchises, and, and that's why they're really pressuring hard to say, hey, we need a plan. And keep in mind, we only have a lease here for two more years. And, you know, it's not like these stadiums just pop out of the ground like a mushroom. You know, they don't get built like in three days. It takes time. It takes planning, infrastructure, all these different pieces. So we really need to get going uh, to ensure that we can make any timeline that makes sense. When does a vote have to happen before we hit DEFCON 5 and, oh, my God? I think we they have to at least schedule a vote this year. I mean, hopefully you'd have the vote this year. But keep in mind, you can't really schedule the vote until you have the money. You know, it's a, with a lot of these things, it comes down to money. And, you know, we're paying for all the on-sites. We've agreed to all the community benefits. You know, we've we've conceded on all these points. But at the end of the day, the city identified back in 2021 that they would take the off-site infrastructure. You know, that's like the roads, the bridges, the bike lanes, you know, in places like Chinatown and downtown and Old Oakland. All needed. Don't get me wrong. But those are things that we really need the city to come up with. And they said they would. And hopefully... They can line everything up and make that happen as soon as possible. Because you've negotiated everything into like even like low income housing. I mean, yeah, you, you've yeah, done the, the whole the affordable yeah. housing. Yeah, we we have a, a general agreement on that in the framework, which is great. And I think the city council has been very supportive of uh, the numbers and the percentages. Um, and so, really, the focus right now is just all on this offsite infrastructure. Like everybody, it's like all hands on deck to solve that. 
Because without solving that, there, there really can't be a deal. And so that's, I think, the concern. So for us to get shovels in the ground, money's got to be there, binding vote. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. And then the only other wild card out there is something that, you know, we've been dealing with for months now is these lawsuits. You know, we Correct. got hit with another lawsuit on the BCDC vote. But that, you expected that, right? Well, it's just frustrating to get sued on every approval. You know, it just it just means that we we knew from the beginning there'd be a lot of lawsuits, and it came to fruition. You know, our our, our predictions were correct. Has there really ever been a, a, a big project in California where it didn't have lawsuits? Well, not in the modern era. I think when they built this place, I don't think there was no. any lawsuits. <laughs> but, you know, that was, that was a long time ago. 1966. Long, long time ago. That was a different state at the time. Different state. So, so how do you handle that? Well, you first of all lawyer up. We got a great group, Gibson Dunn. Um, we got Whit Manley. We got all, you know, all the same people who worked on Golden One, worked on Chase Center, all the big projects, 49ers. And so I think we have the right team, but it is frustrating to get so many different lawsuits. And so you, it just takes time and effort. And, and each time there's a lawsuit, you know, that 270 days, it starts again for that lawsuit. So that's, that's frustrating because it just puts the timing out and it makes it hard for us to know when we can actually break ground and open the venue. But people always say, why don't you know when? And I said, well, there are these things out of our control. There's lawsuits. There's the funding for the offsites. And that just you know complicates things. How frustrating is it for you to have people give opinions on stuff they don't have all the information on? Well, I mean, welcome to the 21st century. That's kind of that's kind of where we are. And I mean, everyone is entitled to their take of their opinion. And you know, all we can do is continue to move forward on our path to make as much progress as we can to demonstrate the seriousness of you know our efforts. Like, I don't think there's ever been a more serious effort to try to get a ballpark built really anywhere. And we're as close as we've ever been, but there's still some big hurdles to get over, and that's that's what we're focused on now. The thing that frustrates me for you, even though you don't need my help, is that people just think you're this ballpark guy. It's like, you're a sportsman. I, I you love sports. Love sports. You, know that. you know that. You had yeah. your own baseball league, for that's God's right, sake. That's right, the Golden Baseball League. I, I mean, in soccer, you yeah. loved winning. Absolutely. I mean, you are, like, people just want to think of you as a ballpark guy, but you really are a sports guy. Hey, I wrote a book on it, The Summer That Saved Baseball. Still available on Amazon for anyone who wants to buy it. You know, went to all 30 ballparks in 38 days. And so always loved the game, especially baseball. And, you know, that's one reason I want to get the ballpark built because I know what that can mean for the community, for the players, for the league, for everyone. It's a great storyline and something that we can actually have a legacy around. We have seen the model is build the ballpark and then everything follows around it. For sure. I've heard people say, well, why not build everything and then the ballpark? I'm like, are you nuts? Like, well, that the, could the never ball, happen, The ballpark right? actually is what draws everything. Correct. You know, that's yeah. actually what is the the prime mover of, of the the whole project. So that, that's got to go first, and it's going to go first in our plan, and it's phase zero to get that done. So then we got to talk about the other side, that it's a parallel path. It's parallel how, path. How are thing go how's everything going in Las Vegas? Well, I think we're as far as we've ever been there as well. You know, we're down to a handful of sites in the resort corridor. We had a new site that popped up just the last couple of weeks that we're spending a lot of time being really thoughtful about. Uh, brings with us some really unique opportunities for not only us, but I think Southern Nevada. And we're working also there with the elected officials. And there's an election in Nevada as well that we're navigating. Um, but we're making a lot of progress there too because we need options. You know, we need somewhere to play as a, as a franchise. And while we're working as hard as we can in Oakland, we're doing the same in Las Vegas to see if we can make uh, a plan there that works for all parties as well. 
Is there a possibility Major League Baseball could just say no more at the Coliseum? You just can't play there anymore. Well, I mean, you know, it's really 10 years past its useful life. I've yeah. said this many times. You know, it's just we're dealing with so many challenges here, whether it's the opossums or the cats or the seats or just, you know, this stadium wasn't envisioned to even be used this long. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just a difficult environment. I think our players and our staff are very understanding, but it's 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 always hard. And it's even though we're spending millions of dollars, our own dollars to to you know keep it playable, there could be a point where that's not possible anymore. It's hard to say. You know, I, a lot of the naysayers here in the Bay Area about Las Vegas, I just go, I live this with the Raiders. Sure. They all said it would never work, won't happen, can't happen in in, in, yeah. in Nevada. Uh, it's happening. Not only is it happening, they just hosted the draft, and now they're going to host the biggest event in the United States called the Super Bowl. Well, and they're yeah, hosting it. And, so, and the other thing is their their ticket revenue for the Raiders are the is the highest of any team in the league, and they have the smallest stadium. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of data points that indicate. And I think MLB is kind of tuned into this. That like, hey, you know, Las Vegas is a really strong market. They never felt that 10, 15 years ago, and so I think the page is turned on that. And I think that's what makes it a viable option. Yeah, because you're going to get the people here. They're going to say, there's no way. Vegas will never happen. It can't right. happen. Right. And you're saying, no, nah, that's not not so fast. Yeah, I mean, I th it's, th the parallel paths are, are a real thing. And, you know, we have to explore all our options to see where we're going to end up. Uh, but Vegas is very viable. And when I think about the interviews that you do, and pe people want you to say one thing, and but you do have to keep this parallel path. T tell people why this needs to happen to get a facility done, no matter where the facility is, well, to get a facility done. Things take a long time, Downing. These things can't be done overnight, so you have to start the planning way in advance. And if we don't get going in southern Nevada, and if things collapse here in Oakland, we're not going to have anywhere to go. And so we, we have to ensure as a franchise that we have a viable plan for a new building because we just can't keep playing here. You know, we've kind of, it's reached the end of the road. So many great moments, so much great history, the 20 game winning streak, the World Series, all these things. But we're at the point where we need to move on. We need to get to that next chapter. Do you still think about what this property could be someday? I think it could be great. We, you know, we own half of it. We'd love to keep the arena, find out a way to work uh, either with the African American Sports Entertainment Group or the city on the other half and uh, develop this in a very positive way. I, that's, that's kind of a second project. We've been focused more on Howard because that's kind of the, the, the key path. But I think this could also be redeveloped in a really positive way. Team's grinding right now. And the mm -hmm. one thing that I keep saying to Mark Kotze, what, what I've been impressed, is he, he, he laid it out to everybody. It's not going to be easy, but we're still going to play hard every single day. What have you seen in Mark Kotze in his first year as the manager of the A's? I think he's been tremendous. I think he's brought uh, new energy to the role and to the clubhouse. And uh, I think the young players are especially responding and they're learning a lot. And uh, it's great to see it. And I think there's been a lot of positives beyond the record um, that's really important for setting a foundation for success long term. Because we're in that money ball cycle where, you know, we're bringing the younger guys in, that we're doing a lot of the trade. And that's, you know, Billy and David, they're you know, the masterminds yeah. pulling the whole thing off. And, but very soon we're going to have those new players and they're going to start coming up. And they're going to start making a bigger impact. And to have Cots and the rest of his team here to nurture them, to build them up, I think is going to be tremendous. 
and it goes back to John Hart and the Cleveland Indians. That's I lived through that growing up. Before yeah, Jacobs yeah, Field, yeah. it's like they got all those great young players. So when Bayerga, Lofton, when Bell, they, when everybody, they, when they yeah. opened up those doors, Nagy, they were yeah. ready to rock for yeah. years. Well, that's and that's the that's the model. That's what Billy always has said: is you want to line it up so you have a like a, a basically a rising team into the new ballpark, and that is the ultimate recipe for success. And you know. The uh, Guardians Indians at the time, they sold out like 450 games in a row. Yeah, it was the record. It was like incredible. And so, like, that's the same kind of thing we want to duplicate, no doubt. Well, for years, people preach patience. Patience is out the door. We, we need answers now. Yeah, I mean, there's no more waiting. You know, we, we really need to know between now and the election in November. And uh, I think we're on, on a path to get there. Uh, it could be turbulent. There could be ups and downs still. But, you know, we're going to do what we can to – you know, make sure that we can get through it and be successful. It's never a dull moment. No, but that keeps it fun. <laughs> it's a good story. It's good for the media, right? It's good for AceCast. How always do you always about. keep a smile on your face? Why I'd be not? tearing we're my look, hair look out. Look where we I are. Can... We're on a baseball field. Clay, I'd be Clay Wood, he's done nuts. a great job. How can, how can you not be smiling? You're not taking it's shots. sunny, of... 75 degrees. This is good. You got a great shirt on. American flag looks good. He's a good-looking good guy here. God, yeah. you're better than me. I'd be taking yeah. shots at people. I'd be going nuts. No, no. You're good at this. No, I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. You're no, good at this. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much. Awesome. We always Thanks appreciate the time. Awesome, guys. Always great. The build right here on A's Cast. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.